Joe Cracon. Hi there and welcome to episode one of Get Your Creek On, a podcast about Jonathan Creek. Thanks for giving this a spin. At the time of recording, worldwide celebrations have just marked the 24th anniversary of the first airing of Jonathan Creek. I'm sure you were well aware of that. And what better reason than the big 2-4 to honour the show with a mediocre and ill-thought-out endeavour such as this. Each episode of this podcast will analyse an episode of the TV show. We start with a summary of the story and then discuss talking points such as plot holes, guest stars, how good a mystery it actually was, and there will also be a couple of other supposedly fun features. Needless to say, this will all make a hell of a lot more sense to you if you've actually watched the episode in question, which today is Series 1, Episode 1, The Wrestler's Tomb. Overall, we should hopefully have a very nice time. What? Oh, sorry, a very niche time. I misread that. If you haven't watched any Jonathan Creek before, I will make a recommendation at this point, which is that you uh, sort your pathetic life out, okay? God, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Jonathan Creek is great, so watch it pronto. The Wrestler's Tomb was a 90-minute affair, whereas most subsequent JCs, aka Jonathan Creeks, were shorter, so this episode of the pod may be very slightly longer than the ensuing ones. Which is good news for you going forward if you don't enjoy it and think that it's shit. The episode was first broadcast by the BBC on May the 10th, 1997, Friendly Australian man, please uh, help me out here. Episode Synopsis Artist Hedley Shale, whose entire oeuvre is paintings of naked ladies with clown faces, is found shot dead in his bedroom, with a French model named Francesca Boutron bound and gagged on the floor nearby. She claims that an intruder came in and confronted her and Headley just after they'd finished a two-hour lovemaking session. Two hours? Jesus. Career criminal Stephen Grismal is interrogated about the crime, but insists he had nothing to do with it. Police also question Headley Shale's wife, Serena, who they rightly assume was in high dudgeon with him due to his philandering. But enough to murder him? No, she says, and besides... She was across town in her office at Eve magazine at the time, umpteen floors up in the sky. In a skyscraper. A receptionist confirms Serena didn't leave the office all morning. Stephen Grismal exercises his right to an investigative journalist. That's not a real thing, surely. And self-possessed, forthright Maddie Magellan arrives to help him clear his name. Meanwhile, our titular hero Jonathan Creek is busy in his job as a creative consultant and trick designer for the smarmy magician and bell-end Adam Klaus. After Klaus sets his sights on the radiant charms of Francesca Boutron, who has the least French French accent you've ever heard, Jonathan and Maddie end up encountering one another at the model's house. 
realising a lateral inventive mind could help her work out how Serena Shale could spirit herself out of her office to kill her husband, Maddie commandeers Jonathan and takes him to a curry house. But of course. After describing the intriguing crime and piquing his curiosity, the pair wangle their way into Serena's office for a poke about. And by poke about, I do mean a good look around, not him. Um, you know. Probable sexual deviant Adam Klaus goes to his new paramour Francesca's house for dinner, and inexplicably, Jonathan is invited along too. As they all but fornicate on the kitchen table, Adam and Francesca that is, not all three of them, Adam asks Francesca if he can see the portrait Headley shielded of her, which is in the basement. However, when the three of them head down there, they're shocked to find several bullet holes have been fired through the canvas. Later on, back at his windmill home, Jonathan has a massive eureka moment when changing TV channels by pressing the remote with his toe. The next evening, at the theatre for Adam's show, in which Francesca is now starring, everyone gathers in her dressing room for a classic Poirot-esque denouement. It turns out Francesca killed Headley and was only pretending to have been his lover. He, in fact, was only interested in his plain and meek cleaner, Katrina Topless. Topless. <laughs> Francesca bound and gagged herself, waited for ear witnesses to appear, shot Headley with a gun using her toe to pull the trigger, and then waited to be discovered. Sadly for her, the hitherto unidentified prints on the gun are matched to her toe prints, and she is banged to rights. Her motive for the whole thing, I assume, was some kind of revenge on Headley for not wanting to sleep with her, and or fame for the whole incident. Either way, Jonathan and Maddie have it all figured out, and a classic, if unconventional, mystery-solving duo is born. Episode Analysis There it is then, the very first Jonathan Creek mystery. I think it's a pretty good introduction to the show and to the main characters. We see Jonathan's brilliant analytical mind in action and really begin to understand all the neuroses and weird lack of social skills that make him who he is. Maddie is blunt and funny and sexy all at once and the chemistry between her and Jonathan is just immediately evident and without that they would probably have never bumped into each other again so just as well. Adam Klaus is played for the one and only time in this episode by Anthony Head. He was subsequently offered and accepted a role in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and was replaced by the tremendous Stuart Milligan. I've uh, never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I assume it's a massive pile of old bollocks, and on that basis, I think we can say without fear of being wrong that Anthony Head made a grave career mistake, the silly man. The solution to the mystery itself was quite a curious one, which uh, I dare say most people won't have seen coming. It's striking how the episode comes at the locked room idea from a different angle. The murder itself did not happen in a locked room, but one of the suspects used a locked room as her alibi, which, uh, don't know if striking's the right word, maybe it was kind of interesting. 
There were some excellent gags in the episode from cleaner Katrina protesting to her husband that Jonathan had merely given her something to blow on, referring to a tissue, to receptionist Joy accidentally calling an unattractive model Danny DeVito. Now, if the show aired these days, people would as the tabloids say, take to Twitter to vent their fury at that, citing transphobia or something, and the BBC would be immediately obliged to cancel production of all future episodes. David Rennick, the writer, had written loads of comedy in his earlier career, including One Foot in the Grave and some very iconic Two Ronnies material, and this side of his writing forms a really important part of Jonathan Creek as you will hear about regularly as you begin your passionate love affair with this podcast, listening faithfully to every episode several times through. One or two small things did jump out that could potentially be called plot holes. Uh, One, how did that old mechanic guy get from under the car into Headley Shale's bedroom so quickly after hearing the gunshots? Secondly, why did Jonathan make such a big deal about that inland revenue letter on the doormat? Seems like the kind of thing you would just leave if you had a young lover coming round for an improbably long period of raunchy fun. And thirdly, why did the supposedly French Francesca have such a Dutch accent? The answer to that, by the way, is that the actress who got the part, Saskia Mulder, is from Holland, forward slash the Netherlands, so that answers that. Anyway, that is the episode analysis, and now it's time for a short feature which I predict some of you might find quite boring. All aboard for an excursion to... The Celebration of Location Information Station. This is a segment where I will identify one, or possibly sometimes more than one, location used in the show. We'll cover Jonathan's iconic windmill another time, probably the first episode for which I can't find any other locations. Today, though, let's talk about the house in which the murder took place, the wrestler's tomb. In real life, it's called the Pagoda, and it's situated on Pagoda Gardens in Blackheath, South London. I know this because A, I looked it up on the internet, and B, my good friend Ed lives quite nearby. It's a Grade 2 listed building built around 1770. The garden features quite heavily in the episode. Uh, We see the police searching the area and then finding the jewellery from the faked robbery. However, that luscious lawn, I'm afraid to say, is no more because a few years back, a house was built on the plot uh, called the Pavilion. Uh, Needless to say, this is complete and utter sacrilege and television history has been uh, ruined, so I've outlined all of this in a letter to the council demanding that planning application is retroactively removed and hopefully, in due course, we will see the pavilion being demolished if there's any justice. If you want to go and visit the pagoda, and admittedly it would be quite weird because it is a private home, the nearest train station is Lewisham, but please do not go there expecting to see that front gravelled yard because at some point in the intervening 24 years, the owners have removed it, preferring instead a paved area. So, if you're a fan of gravel, I'm very sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Creek Connections
On the face of it, Jonathan Creek is just a comedic drama show. Fiction, supposedly. However, dig beneath the surface using a spade constructed from curiosity, and there are some extraordinary clandestine secrets to be discovered. At 62 minutes 23 seconds, during the scene where Katrina the cleaner's husband accosts Jonathan with the vacuum cleaner, we briefly see a bottle of Mr. Muscle. In the 90s, Mr. Muscle was said to be a potential cause of burns and other health concerns in a study by the Welsh Regional Burns and Plastics Unit, which is based in Chepstow. Chepstow's castle is said to be the oldest stone castle in Britain and was built by the first Earl of Hereford, William Fitz Osborne, who fought at the Battle of Hastings. Superintendent Hastings is a lead character in Smash TV series Line of Duty, portrayed by Adrian Dunbar, who shares his surname with a small Scottish coastal town. One of Dunbar's notable former residents was engineer Robert Wilson, born in 1803. He invented a special kind of screw propeller and was a member of the Institute of Mechanical Engineers, the headquarters of which is based on Birdcage Walk near St James's Park in London. A mere 21 minutes walk from there is private members' establishment, the Groucho Club, from where Jonathan Creek luminary Alan Davis emerged drunk at 2am one morning in 2012 and infamously bit the ear of a homeless man. Can that all possibly just be coincidence? The answer is no, that's impossible, and as David Rennick's great comedy creation Victor Meldrew might say, What the bloody hell is going on here? Another Creek Connection next time. Get your creek on. In this final short section, we take a trip into the annals of time to look at what was going on in the world on May the 10th, 1997, the day the episode aired. Well, Bono from U2 turned 37. Congratulations to him. Abraham Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth, would have also been celebrating his birthday had he himself not been murdered cruelly back in 1865. Were it not for that, he would have turned 158. Bill Clinton attended a summit of Caribbean leaders in Barbados. wonder if he remained faithful when he was there. And it was Mother's Day in Guatemala, which is very exciting. Now, I find myself browsing the day's issue of the Observer Reporter newspaper from Washington and Greene Counties, Pennsylvania, and it was certainly all happening in that neck of the woods. The big story was that a state senator wanted to bring legislation forward to make all Pennsylvania number plates easier to read here, here, but it was two other things in the paper which really caught my eye. There was an absolutely tremendous deal on down at the Sun Savings Supercenter on Myrtland Avenue in Washington. If you would like to get your hands on a Sony 8mm Handycam compact camcorder, then you can do so today only 
her $697 dues. I know what you're wondering and the answer is yes, that is the model with the 2.5 inch colour swivel screen. It also boasts both digital noise reduction and, I quote, super long recording time. Furthermore, it comes with a free tripod and battery, so get down to the Sun Saving Super Centre if you need a new camcorder in 1997. Please note, the deal is limited to one per customer. And finally, a very nice letter was published on the correspondence page of The Observer Reporter today, sent in by a Mr Dick Iverson of Lake City, Michigan, entitled Nice People. With apologies for the accent, Mr Iverson writes, My wife Judy and I visit our daughter, who is a veterinarian, in your area. We've visited here two to three times a year over the past several years, and we have found the people in and around the Washington County area to be very helpful, kind, and courteous. It's also nice to visit an area where people are proud of where they live. I'm a retired U.S. Army colonel, and my family has lived in many countries around the world over the past 30 years, and your community meets or surpasses most of those we've lived in. It's almost as nice as northern Michigan. Come and visit the North Country, and we will show you a good time. Now, the final sentence of that does make it sound like he's inviting everyone to uh, a dogging party or something, but... Anyway, thank you Mr Dick Iverson for your service firstly, and for that nice letter, and hello if you're listening to the podcast, which I assume you probably are. Thank you very much for checking out the first episode of Get Your Creek On. If you tuned in expecting this whole thing to be about the Jonathan Creek archaeological site in Kentucky, well, I can only apologise. We probably will not be covering that at any stage, so if you want to just uh, unsubscribe, that's fair enough. If you feel so inclined, you can get in touch with comments, suggestions, death threats, or whatever else. The email address is getyourcreekon at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show and you have too much time on your hands, it would be hugely appreciated and helpful if you were to leave a review, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Acast or wherever the hell you find this. It would be very helpful to get more people um, discovering the show. My main goal for the pod is to have more downloads than either Joe Rogan or Serial by episodes maybe five or six, something like that. So please do help with this endeavour. A big thanks to Twitter user at Creek Locations and a huge thank you, of course, to the friendly Australian man. Next time, it will be Series 1, Episode 2, Jack in the Box. Hopefully I'll see you then. My name is Toby. Thanks and bye for now.